Hi, I'm Rod Rorick, and this is a special Rorick Knows podcast on leadership. And I have two amazing leaders here. Robbie Pearl, who really, how long did you run Kaiser? I was the CEO for 18 years. 18 years, my God. And then Dr. Ed Rodriguez, who's the chair of plastic surgery at NYU, has done amazing things. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be Great. here. Okay, so what, what drives leaders? What makes leaders? And what sustains leadership? I mean, those are things that people ask all the time. And, and really, it is not just one thing that empowers leadership. It's, it's a whole other things that do that. So, so Robbie, I'm going to go to you first. You know, running this huge organization, 18 years. By the way, he's also an amazing plastic surgeon. So, so what are the what do you think are like the three main characteristics that drive excellent leadership today, and what's missing in leadership today in medicine? I think leaders need to set a vision. Where are we going to go? Because people will scatter. They don't yeah. know the destination. Yep. They need to be able to align people around that vision, because if not, nothing is going to come of it and they'll be successful. Right. And then they have to, I'll use the word motivate, right. but usually it's a question of overcoming fear. There's something that they worry about that today feels bad, but not tomorrow, maybe even worse. So why not do something different? The leader's job is to accomplish all of that. And when that all happens together, change occurs. And I think about it like in chemistry, you may remember this yeah. activation energy. That's what leadership does, the activation energy to make the changes happen to a more but stable isn't state. It, but Robbie, I mean, you say all those great things, but I mean, you did it for 18 years. And so, but, but isn't it come from you as the leader to say, you've got to empower people to follow you. If you don't, you, if you don't empower them to motivate them and follow you, so how did you do that for 18 years at Kaiser? So how did you empower them to do that? I often put it into a very complex framework. I think it was an aided sheet, aspirational vision, a combination of inspiration and reality. Where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish? The behaviors, what needs to be different? The context, right. why is change necessary? The data, how are we gonna know how we're doing? And most importantly, that engagement of the leader. I go around, we had 22 different medical centers, both sides of the United States. I'd visit them twice a year. I'd sit down with people and I'd listen to them. And that listening quality in the context of what that vision, what that strategy is, is the key point. I mean, if you only have three or four people, you can sit down and just have the conversation right. in the room. But if it's a lot more people than that, it has to be easy clear, simple, and purposeful. Right. Has to make the world better. In the end, we talk a lot. I teach at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. We talk about incentives and people think money. Right. No. Incentives are feeling better about how you've changed the world, you've made it a better place. And I've yet to meet a excellent leader who has not had that as the motivation and been able to help others to experience that outcome. Right, that's important. And, and that seems to be missing so much in, in today, not only in medicine, but elsewhere, you know, that, that giving back and, and trying to bring everybody along. It's kind of more self-oriented, and I think. I, I know you're a football fan, yeah. and. <laughs> the Cowboys, unfortunately. I know, and you know, I'm a 49er fan, so <laughs> I know we don't do as well together, but having said all of that, yeah, 
in football, they talk about, you know, you can't just play defense. You can't just allow right. the passes to happen. You have to be aggressive at making those changes happen. And what I see in medicine today, doctors are playing defense. Right. And they are getting defeated by insurers and hospitals and drug companies and right. elected officials. And I think it's fear, right? And right. leaders need to step forward and not take small baby steps, not make promises. Yes, it's going to definitely be great because that's not how great right. change happens. It's to be able to make downfield passes, to make the change happen in a way that will be dramatically different. And so far, I have not seen very much of that coming out of the medical societies, or the medical professions. I hate to say that because I love medicine. Right. I love being a physician, but I'm disappointed at how slowly we're moving forward. And Rod, if we don't move forward, Someone else is going to. This is a world of change. You have the retail giants coming right. in, the Amazons, the CVSs. You have generative AI and ChatGPT coming in and changing the world. There's so much happening. And if we don't lead the way, someone else is going to do it. And I guarantee you, we'll be sorry we didn't oh, yeah. act. I agree. I mean, if we don't lead, somebody else will. Well, Ed, I mean, you've done an amazing thing, amazing career. You know, you've run a you know, phenomenal department. It was great when you got there. Now it's a totally different level thanks to you and Thank all of you. the work you've done. So so what do you think are the keys to leadership and what advice would you have for future leaders? Well, from my standpoint, it was basically running a department of plastic surgery. And it's something that I certainly wasn't trained in. And I, you can read all the books you want about leadership, yeah. but um, it's always been about building teams and taking care of the people around you. And when I got to New York, I had a tripartite mission. How do I make it the best clinical department how do I encourage innovation and, and scientific discovery? And how do I teach tomorrow's minds? How do I train residents? So I began by building the clinical mission. And with that, I've always felt that you got to lead from the front. And therefore, if I'm the chair, I have to be the hardest working person. I need to be the first one coming in and the Very last true. one coming out. That's number one. I can't ask anything of my people that I personally would not do for myself. With that, it takes, it takes some courage. and. Um, we will we will encounter some difficulties, and we have to let them know that we'll overcome. Yeah. I mean, I have to I have to say this during COVID. Guess who was on the wards? I think it was plastic surgery on the wards on the medicine wards, and it was led by Ed Rodriguez. And then you know you, your your faculty volunteered, but you were there. I mean, when it was the early days mm -hmm. of COVID, and so that took a lot of courage. And you're right, leaders lead by leading and by example. Because if you don't lead, you can't say, it's just like going into battle, you can't say, oh, you're gonna go out there. You, yeah. You've gotta do the deal. And uh, But I mean, you've been wildly successful in doing that, and so, but I mean, what are the characteristics? I mean, obviously leading by example is important. And then, you know, and doing the right thing. And then, and then but I think the biggest thing is motivating, like Robbie said, motivating people to be in the trenches with you. How do you do that? Well, you know, one primary example for us was the face transplant program. Right. And when I came to New York, I thought that I was going to bring faculty, individuals that had been with me that had done this. And when I looked at the faculty around me, I thought if I would bring anybody to this department, I would compromise what existed there. Right. So it was a bigger responsibility on me on trying to work with these individuals. So I think the transplant program was one prime example that I was going to do this with them. I couldn't do this alone. Exactly. The only way you can score, someone has to pass you the ball. And then we win together <laughs> right. as a team. And, and that was something that took a while uh, to get them involved. But there was, there was just a lot of energy behind it, a lot of momentum. 
And that was just one prime example of uh, an amazing successful story with great risk that would hopefully catapult science and medicine in a different direction. And I hope my residents and junior faculty the day of tomorrow will consider this to be archaic. But in the meantime, let's just try to solve a difficult problem for individuals that are in need. And that's right. a binding force. And we're all doing this mission together. Right. And as you pointed out, it's incentive is not just about finance. No. I, believe me, I want to pay my faculty as much as they rightfully deserve, but no one's going to give you anything in life. All of us value that which we work for. Right. Anytime we've been given anything in life, we don't value it. We want to feel that what it took to achieve that, whether it's financially rewarding or purposely rewarding. And I think putting my faculty and my residents and the entire institution, every member of that hospital had a major role to play in the success of this transplant. So when you have that backing, you yep. can conquer anything, however difficult or small it may be. Yep. Wise words. I mean, I, I think it's so important. I mean, lead by example. Uh, be focused. Have it. Have a, a true giving back mission. I think that's what that's what sustains leadership. I mean, I think uh, if not, it's transient. And, and it seems like you know, leadership is. Uh, I don't know. It's been like a void in not only nationally and also in medicine. And I think what you said is right too, Robbie. That if we don't lead, somebody else is going to lead. I mean, I mean. There'll be innovators like Elon Musk are going to say, hey, you know what, this is how I'm going to solve medicine, and they're going to take the lead because look what they've done in space and look what they did sure. with NASA. I mean, NASA could never bring, a, bring a, a, a spacecraft back on land like he does, and they said, I did it. So, so in closing, what are, the, what are like the, the couple of things that you'd like people that are thinking about becoming leaders like you uh, what should they What should they do to become better leaders? I'll start with you. I'll just say two things. Um, first, demand of yourself, demand of others to achieve things. But by the same token, when you're not able to achieve those demands, you have to be able to forgive and you got to give people a second chance. You just can't be a driver all the time. Right. But you have to have kind of we have a right and a left hand. You drive and you push and you lean on individuals. And if you know if you put your heart into it and we didn't achieve it, then you also have to be able to stand down and say, it's okay, we'll, we'll make it up next time. So I think those are two valuable qualities. That's right, an empathetic leader. I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, there's very few of those left. Robbie? I'd say leaders need to be able to see further and move faster. And by that I mean yeah. that in an organization whether it's three people or three million people, you have to be farther ahead in your vision for what needs to be accomplished. Right. Mm -hmm. And having seen that, you gotta achieve it far faster than anyone believes is possible. Right. Because managers, they do the things that are expected. It's right. leaders that are able to accomplish that which seems impossible at first, and then seems possible, and then seems inevitable that to me is the true gift of leadership. Right. Yeah. It's, it's having that vision, and then being able to lead into that vision. Whether there is, you know, failures, or, there's always going to be failures in that on that vision. But, but I think, you know, when I look at amazing leaders like Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, Martin Luther King, they had a vision that it seemed almost impossible. They said, you know, like I have a dream, and this is what's going to happen. And yet now we look and say, wow, that wasn't so hard to do. And at that time, it was like impossible. But so you have to have a vision. You have to have people that drive you to that, that are going to then say, hey, I'm with you in that vision. So, so give us your comments. See what your thoughts are about leadership and vision. And I want to thank these amazing true leaders 
for helping us focus on what's really important. Thanks, Rod. Right. You bet. Thank you. All right.